Hello, Earth Angels, and welcome back to another episode of Alignment Academy. I'm so grateful that you are here listening and we get to spend this hour together. If you don't know me or if you're new to the podcast, hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm a mindset and confidence coach, a soul purpose activator, and I do a little intuitive business as well. I am a little multidimensional because honestly, niches are just hard for me. They're hard for everyone, but as I expand and grow, I'm like, I just can't be put in a box. You can't put me in a box. So I know a lot of you entrepreneurs feel me out there. It's like the worst part of business, in my opinion. But today I am particularly excited for you to listen to this episode with my friend Jackie. Jackie is a manifestation coach. We get into everything that she does, but she's just truly amazing and has helped me feel so seen on my journey. Um, We get into some deeper topics, to be honest. This is a pretty vulnerable episode, especially towards the end. I get a little bit emotional, so I'm just going to prepare you for that. And honestly, I feel like since I've released my podcast, it has been a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. If you don't know what a vulnerability hangover is, it's like this feeling that you feel after you're really vulnerable online or to a person. It almost feels like you're naked and everyone's staring at you and you're like, I actually just want to go hide in a corner, but I'm not going to. And... I have been online for a long time now, like very consistently for four years, sharing my life and my mindset stuff and, you know, everything. And if I've learned anything, it's like, if you're going to do it, you got to go all in, right? I've tried to kind of half-ass it for a long time now Um, and not saying that I wasn't being vulnerable, but I'm just kind of just now uncovering a new level of vulnerability in myself that I am excited to share with you guys, but it's also hard to just share so much of yourself and your process and your life um, and what you're going through online to a public audience. But honestly, it's like, I know that you all are going through the same thing and me sharing it is helping. And simultaneously, I'm like, should I be even more on the other side of it before I share this? And so I go back and forth and you guys can hear me in my process right now. It's like, I want to be vulnerable, but I'm also like, is it too much? Are people like this girl needs to like get a therapist? I do have a therapist, by the way, but it's just like, it's, it's, it's hard to know how much to share. And I think that like anything in life, for me, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Um, Right now it feels good to be seen in my process because the truth is, is When I'm out of my process, it's hard to connect with the version of me that's in it. And I think that what you're seeing right now of me and what you see online and what you are hearing in these podcasts, like it's so real. And I know you guys can feel it because vulnerability and integrity and embodiment, it cannot be faked. And that's also what I'm learning. I'm learning so much, guys. You guys can hear it. Like I'm just like learning, 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 learning. But as you know, I'm in a second spiritual awakening. So that's kind of what these periods are for is just uncovering and learning. Wow. Okay. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I'm just blabbering like we're on a FaceTime, but I hope it feels like that as well. Long story short, If you too are learning how to be more more vulnerable in person and online um, with your friends and people you love and also in a more public setting, I'm just going to invite you to lean into it because this is where truth strength is born. And I think that when we let ourselves be fully seen in our messiness, in our process, it 
is a gift to the world. It shows the world your true strength. And you also... You also lean on yourself more because you are no longer fearing other people's perceptions because you know your own perception of yourself and that is enough. So I'm going to end it there. I hope you guys enjoy this episode on grief and the friendship wound and manifestation. We cover so many different things. And yeah, I'm excited to share this uh, episode and this conversation and this beautiful human with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by my own program, Alignment Mastery. Alignment Mastery is my signature mindset and confidence program for women and entrepreneurs who are ready to heal their self-doubt, build unshakable confidence, and find deep fulfillment, whether that means making a career change or going full-time in their business. I have successfully helped over 200 women change careers, start businesses, and even sign their first clients. If you'd like to apply, you can do so in the show notes or in the link in my bio. Hi fam, welcome back to Alignment Academy. I'm so excited today. I have my really good friend Jackie here, aka Hoodwinkler on TikTok and Instagram. Jackie is a spiritual manifestation coach and she specializes in manifestation, healing codependency, and getting in touch with your authenticity. So thank you so much for being here today, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me, girl. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! We're in person together in New York City, sitting against like a beautiful sunset and just (laughs) looking out we had like a magical day frolicking in central park and reading tarot cards and what else did we do today get bagels we got bagels we like uh ran around looking for bathrooms we had a great day (laughs) we had we had the best day together and i'm so so grateful so we have so much that we want to cover, but me and Jackie, we met in Costa Rica. I know you guys are probably so sick of hearing about this Costa Rica trip, but it <laughs> literally was like this vortex of amazing people and I can't stop hanging out with them. So another Costa Rica girlie. I feel like one of the things that me and you really clicked on has been just like our my current grief journey and your past grief journey. Mm. We had like this beautiful phone call when we got back from Costa Rica where we were able to connect deeper and you shared some of like the grief that you've experienced in your life and not to like just get straight into it but also to get straight into it do you mind sharing with our audience just a little bit more about your journey and like what has made you the most amazing soul and why soul and how you have all this knowledge up until this point oh yes totally thank you so much for giving me the space to answer this um my grief journey definitely started when i was young When I was about six years old, my dad passed away, and that was obviously really, really hard for me and my mom, and throughout my life, I kind of felt like, almost like inundated by experiences that brought a lot of grief, pretty much constantly, like I lost like many family members prematurely, um, friends, ex-boyfriends, and then about... In 2019, I met, like, one of my exes, and we had this this two-year relationship, and the breakup was very, very, very challenging for me. But it was also kind of the, like, um, the kickstarter for working through this immense amount of grief. And essentially, I realized that, like, by facing this very, like, palpable situation that I was grieving through, I was going to need to face all of the other experiences of grief that I hadn't really felt my way through yet. 
So it's it's an ongoing journey, you know, but it but it's going really well, <laughs> as well as it can can go. Just feeling my way through it. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what brought me here in this experience of like, um, just feeling my way through my heart and realizing that grief can actually be quite a gift in the end, but it definitely is painful in the beginning. <laughs> And I feel like that's a lesson that we're both like very in right now. Mm. You know, you still healing and processing your grief. It's kind of a never ending journey. And me being so deeply in a period of like very fresh grief in Mm. my life. It's been so beautiful to connect with you because people who have not experienced grief just simply don't get it. They just don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's I'm I'm so happy for them that they haven't experienced totally. it, but you can't be held by someone who hasn't experienced the deepest, darkest, you know, just like hollows of grief, 100%. because they just don't understand. It's almost like trying to explain to a baby what being an adult is like. It's Mm. just like they literally don't have the capacity to understand it because it's a feeling that they've literally never felt before. And so what's been your journey with like connecting or feeling, I I don't know. I feel like grief is a very, a very lonely feeling, Mm. especially when you're in it. And it almost feels to me, it feels like the world is going around, everything's still, still spinning, but my world has stopped. Mm. And nobody else can see that I'm hurting so deeply and that my world is literally crumbling around me. Mm. So I guess a better question would be, what has grief felt like for you? And how has your been experience been navigating your grief in the world? Mm, what a question. For I would say for years, my grief felt like numbness. Um, I really was so just distraught over the losses that I'd experienced, um, that I just, I, it's like at the time I just didn't even have the capacity to feel it. So I like firmly believe that a lot of, um, addiction stuff that I struggled with in the past, it was all kind of just to subvert this feeling of grief that was underlying everything. And I think what it would feel like throughout my life in moments was just this like overarching it was like an overarching underlying sadness in everything like any act of kindness that was shown to me would feel like it would bring up this such immense amount of grief I guess because it showed me how fragile life is so people if if someone did something kind for me like I, I literally wanted to burst into tears um, if I like started to get close with someone, you know, even experience love for my family instantly, I would think about like, oh, well, what's the grief going to feel like when they go away? And so it was, it's kind of, I would say it did feel very lonely, um, for a long time because we were talking about this earlier, but grief does feel like an armor that you wear. So in my body, it just kind of felt like this, like heaviness of the heart that I would carry with me to protect me from experiencing it again. So that felt very isolating and lonely. Um, But when I started to really open my heart to it, it's so interesting because I feel like it ends up feeling like love. And that was something that really clicked for me. Um, I was working with my therapist and she said something along the lines of grief is love with no place to go or grief is love turned inwards. Mm. And that really made me be like, okay, well, 
if I have this like vortex of grief that's going like in into my body and blocking my heart, imagine what that's going to feel like when I start to share it with people. Imagine how much love I have to give when I'm able to move through that. And so starting to do that has felt beautiful. Like so like I'm experiencing love for people that I didn't even know I had the capacity for. Um, it feels like a weight lifted off of my chest, off of my shoulders. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to share that with people and just like share love with people as much as possible. That's so beautiful. And I do think that when you have been through deep, deep grief and healthy, healthily processed it, it is almost like breaking your heart open and deepening your ability to love if that makes sense a hundred percent yeah yeah and so for anyone who maybe hasn't experienced grief what would be your advice to hold others through grief Mm. my biggest thing is definitely do not put people on a timeline so if you have like a friend or a loved one who's experiencing a lot of grief I would say understand that grief doesn't have like you know there's the cycles of the technical psychological cycles of grief where it's like denial angle anger bargaining depression uh, something acceptance (laughs) acceptance yeah it's dabda i don't know whatever you can look it up but um so there's the technical like timeline of grief but there's no time frame that that is slotted into so like really understanding that grief it doesn't really make any logical sense. You can grieve over someone who was, like, really, really horrible for you or treated you really poorly or, like, I don't know if I can swear, but messed you up or fucked you over. You can swear. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) But um, you can still grieve for those people and it's not going to be on a timeline. So holding space for someone in their timeline of grief is really important. Um, if, If someone's not ready to move on from their longing from their um reminiscing that's okay you know and just holding space for them to do that I think is really important because once you experience that those emotions naturally kind of move through the griever's body I guess so having the space to do that is important and also um I think just giving as much like physical presence and and like touch and support or whatever this person may need and just letting them know that even though that their heart might be in protection mode you're still going to be there for them in all of their expressions of grief in general even after that grief has passed you'll still be with them no matter what I think is um is really helpful just knowing that that like their heart is on protective mode and you're willing to help them open that back up with your love. I love that. And something else I'm going to add from my personal experience is almost just shying away from giving advice because Mm -hmm. you're going to want to give advice to help them move on. But the point of grief is not to really move on. You have to just fully feel it and that will naturally help you move on. Mm. And just so for example, when I was when I was and am grieving my breakup, I will have a lot of people try to console me and be like, well, you don't even know if you want someone like that. Or mm. like just giving me like advice that I just truly am not ready to hear and it actually makes it worse. Oh, it's like 100%. all I need from you is to 
be here physically and say like I love you and I support you and I'm not going anywhere in this moment Mm. and honestly just to be heard in my pain like being witnessed in your pain is so underrated people just want to be seen in their pain and so if you have a loved one that's going through grief or you're going through grief that can even be something that you know you can share with your friends and family like this is how you can support me. And I've had to say that to people like, this is all I need from you today. I don't need advice. I just need um, you to be here and listen to me and let me vent about this because I'm really struggling with processing it on my own. Yeah, totally. Advice giving, I think while it's, it's done with such good intention sometimes, a lot of the time the biggest thing that people need is just holding space. We were talking about this in the car actually last night about... Um, kind of like the alchemy of sharing like in 12-step groups people aren't giving advice they're just listening Mm. and um you know we all know the efficacy essentially of of 12-step groups people change their entire lives after going through AA from like the like absolutely at their rock bottom to like transforming um into a completely different person and really all that's done is like all of that work is done through just sharing and being heard and witnessing other people in their grief and knowing that you're not alone. Um, yeah, I think that that's really, really magical. And I think that's what we've been doing this this weekend, you know, is like I feel witnessed in grief and, you know, that I share my experience and then maybe you feel witnessed in grief. And I think that's like a really just wonderful place to be. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I completely agree. Like this weekend has been so beautiful Because it's like whenever I just need to get something off my chest, there's like no judgment. There's Mm -hmm. no advice unless I ask for it. It's just like, yeah, I understand why you would feel that way and like totally valid. And and honestly, at the end of the day, every human wants three things. If you strip down all of the ego and all of the other stuff, every human wants to be seen, heard, and understood, Mm. right? And so like... I think that just remembering that in any conversation or any connection you have is just like, how can I make this person feel seen? How can I make them feel heard? How can I make them feel understood? Is like truly the the secret to any thriving relationship. Mm. So there's so much power in just processing and, and being in community and having friends that like will hold you through your highs and through your lows. And, you know, this will be a good segue because I know that we both have been healing this deep feminine friendship wound. Mm. And I feel like for both of us, I'm not going to speak for you, but for me at least, it's been so healing having these beautiful connections from Costa Rica and really creating like friendship intimacy, if that makes sense. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Like I completely agree. It's funny because all of us have only known each other for a few weeks. Like Like a month now. Like Oh yeah, it's true. Jeez, my whole timeline is messed up. But But three weeks or a month, same thing. Yeah, whatever. But I mean like it's, I just feel like the connection that we experienced right away and being able to bond in such like a, almost like it was like a vortex hyper speed capacity has been so beautiful and um and it's for some reason the thing that comes to my mind is like there's this have you seen midsummer no okay obviously like a horror movie it's pretty good but there's one scene in it where the main character she's like essentially in this community that she's never been in before but she goes to these like women's quarters i'm pretty sure and she's grieving i'm pretty sure this like 
a not traumatic but like really toxic relationship that she's in and she just like it starts like she just starts to scream and all of the women are like holding her and like screaming with her mm-hmm. and I feel like you know while the community she was in was not like what we want to be in just based on the ending um <laughs> Just that act alone, like, being with other people, especially other women, when that's, like, something that you're seeking, is so healing. And, like, it's, it's like, such a way to alchemize what you're going through and feel so seen and connected. I think it's something that society has kind of, like, like moved away from. It's just, like, really intimate connections with other people, honestly, and, like, experiencing it in a way that might not look like pretty (laughs) you know like sometimes what you need from your friends is to scream it's to like hold them and like sigh and be weird and like look ugly and like stomp around and beat your chest and that's I think something that's really important that I'm excited to share you know going forward with with everyone from the tree with you um yeah I love that and we at the retreat in any given day we screamed we cried Mm. we laughed we we literally experienced every single emotion in a day at least I did yes and it was just set up like that because we had like workshops and we had different you know events that we were doing um we did a little bit of plant medicine and it was just like we were going through everything all at once Mm -hmm. simultaneously like just all together and so I think that was just like a beautiful you know speed healing but you know for anyone who maybe doesn't have a community that can hold them yet or is like yeah this sounds great but I'm alone in my apartment listening to this podcast right now and I don't have Mm -hmm. a community what I do want to say to you is that sometimes these periods of loneliness are periods of initiations for you to find who you really are and also that if you keep walking your path there's going to be no option but for your people to find you but I think that you also have to do your due diligence to put yourself in situations where you can connect with that community, right? So even if that's like a yoga studio or going to workshops or, you know, just going to hang out at a crystal store. I used to do that all the time, like just going to at a crystal store and like reading some tarot cards and just trying to like, you know, connect with anyone who wanted to talk. If you put yourself out there, your people are going to find you. Um, And I know Jackie, me and you both have similar situations of like, we did have some periods of like deep loneliness Mm -hmm. on our spiritual journey. What advice would you give to anyone who's like struggling to find their people and feeling Mm -hmm. lonely? That's a really, really good question. Honestly, I feel like I was just kind of catapulted into this answer recently. But for me, what it looks like is definitely kind of I, th- I will 100% agree with you that, that those periods of solitude sometimes are really necessary in order to do like whatever work you need to do to get you to the point of meeting those people. Um, I also agree that like putting yourself out there as much as possible is a great way to meet your like community. And this could look like um, joining meetup groups. That's been a good way. Doing the things that you've always admired other people doing in community and then just going and doing them even if you don't feel like you're gonna fit in or you're not good enough or you don't feel ready um that was kind of how I felt about ecstatic dance and because I was always like oh ecstatic dancers are so cool but like I'm not that open like I could never be that embodied and then one day I was like you know what fuck it like let me just find the nearest ecstatic dance I went it was an amazing experience and now I want to go all the time and I have gone like to multiple since um and there I found a lot of my community So I would say 
just show up. Show up to things that you're scared to do where you know other cool people are going to be that you admire. And when you go there, be vulnerable. Like half of more, all honestly, of the connections that I've made at the retreat, before the retreat, I never would have made them if I didn't put myself out there. Um, You know, there were certain people at the retreat that I felt intimidated by or I felt like they were more advanced than me or, you know, I felt like I just couldn't match up to them because I like looked up to them too much, honestly, and I was too scared. And I just was like, you know what? My highest self wouldn't be scared. My highest self would walk up to them and say what's on my mind. And when I did that, it was like instant friendships. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I did with someone. I remember I was like, I just feel like I want to give you a hug. And I think they were like, I want to hug you too, you know? (laughs) And it's like, when you're on that frequency, you'll be surprised at how other people are wanting to meet you there too. And they're in the same place maybe of seeing you and seeing how cool you are. And they're too afraid to reach out. So yeah, I would say really put yourself out there, be vulnerable and understand that like the worst that can happen is like rejection and even if that happens there's something better it's like rejection is protection i love that and Mm. something i just want to add about like going to meetup groups and going to events is like somebody once told me they were like you can't just go to just one either i Mm. feel like sometimes we'll go to just one and be like well didn't make any friends never going back and it's like no keep on going go for like four times at least and you know, it's kind of like you see someone, you smile at them maybe the first time and then you go back the second time and you're like, hey, like, weren't you here last time? And you you build connections through like repetition, right? Mm-hmm. So just for anyone who needs that, like find something that you want to do, go do it a couple of times and your people are going to find you. Totally. Yeah. So what do you think is the connection between grief and healing your divine feminine? Ah, that's a really good one. I think personally the way that this has showed up and the way that I see it in a lot of other people, it kind of revolves around trying... I feel like when you're experiencing grief in, I guess, your masculine, because the feminine is all about like acceptance, emotions, like like being embodied as you are, not trying to change anything in that like receptive, embodied emotional energy. So I think sometimes when... You might be more comfortable with masculine energy and grief comes along. You're going to try to think your way through it. You're going to try to plan your way through it. You're going to try to um, do rituals around it. And this is where I was at, honestly, for most of my life. I was like, well, you know, I've taken the flower essences. I've looked at pictures of my dad. I've like, you know, walked around places in my town that really triggered me because I grew up in Sandy Hook. So I was like let me do all of these actions or like rituals or things that I think are going to take this away. Um, and like, I guess at a, not a lower vibration, but like at a, at a place that was more wounded that looked like, well, let me take these drugs and feel better. Um, and then at a higher place or like a place that was more kind of self-helpy, I was trying to, yeah, ritualize almost like how do I feel the grief by action so that it stops and really realizing that that's just like not how it works like I remember I just had a breakdown with my therapist and I was like I've done everything like I've written the letters to the person that I miss I've like yeah taken the flower essences I've done xyz and it still doesn't go away and she was just like well what's the only thing that's left to do is to like feel it 
Wow. The only thing that's left to do is you have to fucking feel it. And I was like, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how. I don't want to. But that's, like, the only thing that you can do. So were you avoiding feeling it for a long time? Like, you weren't crying or, like, actually being in your body? It. I guess, like, the best – actually, this whole thing was a huge realization for me was because I would feel it. Like, I would cry when I thought about the things that – made me upset like it definitely incited a, a, an emotion of grief and sadness but I was very attached to the narrative about it so like the best way that I can describe it was I would think about the event that caused grief or I would think about memories with the person and it would incite this very sad reaction and I would cry it out for 20 minutes and then be like okay well it should be done but I think where I found that experiencing the grief has been really transformative is actually dialing into my physical sensations like regularly so that when the grief comes up naturally, I almost can move through it in a sensation-based way instead of like thinking a thought that makes me feel like I should be sad and then crying about it. I don't know how to eloquently state this as well as I want to, but like instead of thinking the narrative and having an emotional reaction when those thoughts come up really taking like a second to feel the sensations what do I feel in my body and what this looks like in practice is I'll sit there and I'll close my eyes and be like my chest feels heavy my hands feel hot I feel nauseous and when I start to name them um then sometimes those sensations will present uh, an emotion to me. I'll be like, oh, I think this is sadness. Then sometimes that kind of incites this weird energetic like unlocking where it can flow through and I can sit with it until I feel like it's over for, for that period of time. But it's not really associated with the narrative of what happened or the thoughts and the memories. It's more of just like experiencing the actual physical sensations. I love that. So really just in very simple terms, Mm. being more in touch with your body so that you can identify what emotions you're feeling and have an authentic reaction to those emotions. Yeah, totally. Instead of kind of like merry-go-rounding on like a a story, essentially. Mm, So good. So good. And so just building off of that with the divine feminine, what are ways that are there any other ways that we can get in touch with our divine feminine with our grief hmm I actually can speak to this yeah totally I would love to hear because I've been going through a little divine feminine awakening Mm. um so something that you know you've taught me and our other friend Erin has taught me is like that I think that when I felt those emotions like I felt a lot of shame around those emotions and tried to restrain those emotions and tried to hold them in a very masculine way of like this is where they belong but allowing myself to be the full expression of those emotions so like if I'm angry screaming as loud as I can or like screaming into the pillow or like writing the angriest letter or if I'm sad or if I'm you know like just allowing myself to like experience the full expression Mm. I know this is maybe really hard to again again eloquently say but like I think you you and Aaron have taught me You just need to let yourself feel it without holding yourself back or judging yourself around how you feel it. Because the real divine feminine, she is like, she's like this 
warrior that doesn't really care what she looks like to the outside world. Mm. And I feel like when I was deeply in my grief, it was like, well, I don't want to seem like like a crazy person. So I'm going to like contain this grief and I'm going to contain this anger and I'm going to contain the sadness. So I look acceptable to the outside world. But the divine feminine is you is really in touch and like knows her power and knows her emotions are her power. Mm. So she just lets herself like just ride them even if she looks crazy even if she is the saddest person in the room like just really allowing yourself to get in touch with like the the depth and the power of your emotions a hundred percent and we were actually talking about this in the car with Aaron last night about how that's such a big part of how we're can I mean the divine feminine is applicable to like anyone of any gender but how we're especially as women conditioned to feel like our emotions are associated with being insane, you know, are associated with being really unstable. So it's interesting how, you know, when we experience massive emotions like this, there is that tendency to want to suppress it, particularly for how we're perceived by the outside world. Um, And just kind of moving through that as quickly as possible and being like, yeah, I don't give a fuck if people think that I'm like literally a crazy lady on the side of the road. Like I'm going to stomp around and like be my chest right now <laughs> or, you know, doing it in an appropriate container, but making sure that you give yourself the space for that container. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. So a last question around grief mm-hmm. is how can we use our grief to manifest? So using grief to manifest is really powerful. I'm just honestly beginning to understand its full its full power. Um, what this kind of looks like to me or how I could conceptualize this is that when you experience grief, your grief in all of its fullest authentic form, no matter what that looks like, you are aligned with your authenticity. When you're trying to suppress that, you're not. And manifestation is 100% about being aligned with exactly what you are and exactly what you want. Um, So I think that when you're feeling that grief and you're trusting that your body knows where to put the grief and how to move through the grief, when you're able to do that, it first of all clears a ton of energetic space for things to come in. And this could look like, you know, say you're calling in a partner, you have to move through that grief from your past in order to clear that space so that you know how to love at that full depth and capacity that you grieve. We talked about this earlier at the fullest depth that you grieve, you can love just as much, which is insane because grief feels like the biggest feeling that's so overarching and it's such a massive emotion. So understanding that since you can move through that, you can love at that capacity And you can manifest, first of all, when you're living from your heart, you manifest so quickly, so easily, you become so magnetic, you can attract incredible, like, you know, partnerships with friendships, relationships. So yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing that I'm learning about manifestation with grief. It just aligns you with your authenticity and it aligns you with those type of relationships that you really want in your life because you can love just as much as you can grieve. Oh, so good. And after all, manifestation, you know, is really fueled by emotions. Mm. And because it's such a deep emotion, it's like we can we can just manifest faster because we have a bigger 
we're feeling more in that time, you know? So I feel like that's been the big thing for me is like using my grief as a creative outlet too. Mm. It's like when I'm in my grief, I can write the best captions. I can create the best graphics because my, I just feel like I'm like more open, just Mm. my body, my mind, my heart, everything is open. And again, it feels like I'm broken open, but Mm. really I'm cracked open. And really at the root of everything, we are all love. That's Mm. all we are. And so something that I've been learning is that like a grief is just coming home to love and realizing that we never really lost anything. Like Mm. we actually always have everything that we need inside of our hearts. And sometimes it seems like it doesn't. And that is again, not very good advice for someone who's grieving. Cause like, that's just not good advice. But now that I'm a little on the little more on the other side, I can see that like in those moments, it's just like, we're feeling the depth of it, but we're also going to feel the, the high of it and Mm. it's all love like that's actually my main message is like all of that is just an expression of love and when we remember that we're all love and we're all here just to return to love you can kind of like understand the grief a little better yeah totally so Jackie I know you mentioned like you have just experienced so so much grief in your life like when did you kind of put all of this together A lot of this honestly came together in a very somatic way and connected way um, with other people at the retreat through the workshops that we were doing. So everybody at the retreat had an opportunity to do workshops and just share what they know. And a few of them were very transformative for me. The cacao ceremony was one of them. Um, That was where I kind of got the, I guess, like the download that I have these narratives in my mind, these storylines about things that have happened to me, particularly around my father's passing. Um, And I'm very attached to them because I don't want to lose that memory of him. But what I realized during the cacao ceremony is that my body sensations have as much divine wisdom as my mind, if not more. And since my dad and his memory lives in my body, I I can allow my mind to let that narrative go and trust that my body will keep his memory within in a way that feels right to me. Um, And then on the flip side, I guess, when we did uh, Brianna's somatic breathwork workshop, which was absolutely crazy, what I realized is because I had limited my expression and experience of grief, I was also limiting my expression and experience of joy, which was really interesting. Because I was expecting, you know, all of this kind of like mucky, drudgery type of stuff to come up in the breath work. And when we started doing it, I could not stop literally hysterically laughing. Like I was like giggling. I was experiencing like it was like I took mushrooms or something like I was like experiencing this pure childlike joy where I was just I was cracking up. (laughs) I was like, I probably look crazy right now. But I realized that like by suppressing that grief, I also had like an upper limit with how good I could feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was definitely kind of my experience. And I know you had an intense experience with the breath work as well. Oh yeah. My experience was basically (laughs) just full on bawling for (laughs) about 30 minutes. Um, But again, I think that that's just what I needed to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like if I've learned anything from this experience of grief, it's like 
the body knows what to do, but sometimes our mind stops us doing from what our body needs to do. Like I just needed to cry for that 30 minutes. Mm. And like, I was actually grieving so much more than my past relationship. Like I was grieving. I mean, you can grieve anything. You can grieve the life you thought you were going to have. You mm. can grieve the the home you were living in. You can grieve the family you you were creating with a certain person. And I'm talking just in terms of like grieving a breakup because I think that's probably something a lot of people have gone through or are going to go through. But I was also grieving for the girl that was literally like, I was grieving for the version of me two weeks before that mm. was in so much pain. And I was alone in that period of two weeks that the breakup happened and I like when we were doing the breath work I saw myself in the room that I was in sitting in a ball on the floor crying Mm. wow I'm getting emotional right now and I was grieving for her because I was like I wish I could have been there for you even though it's me and I was there for me but I just didn't have the capacity to like feel for myself Mm. and so I was like grieving for her as well and I was just like kind of doing some inner child work in that moment. Like I was like sitting with myself in that memory and I was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. Oh, I did not mean to cry during yeah. this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think that we have to allow ourselves to go wherever we need to go. And emotions are literally just visitors. They're going to come and they're going to go, mm-hmm. but we our human wants to hold them back sometimes, but our body always knows the way. And the truth is, is when you're feeling a really heavy emotion, the only way to get rid of it is to feel it. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Like sometimes I would be like, you know what? I actually just need to go cry for 20 minutes and I would go cry and I would feel 10 times better. Mm. So yeah, the yeah. somatic breath work was intense. That was really intense. And I loved what you said about them being visitors. It's really true. I kind of got the image of like, like if your body is the hotel And then, like, your emotions are, like, the visitors that are checking in and they've already paid to be there. And then, like, you just don't let some of them in. They're going to get pissed. They're going to, like, stand at the front desk, you know, for, like, 30 minutes or, like, you know, they're going to stand there for however long they need to stand there. It could be years. And they'll just, like, bitch bitch out the uh, concierge, you know, until they get their room. But um, they're not going anywhere because they already paid to be there. Um, So, yeah, just not being selective about who you let in because... Because, I mean, like, when I mean that, I mean with emotions. <laughs> because um, cause they've already, you know, they're already there. They've made their contract to, like, move through you and stay, you know, however many nights they've booked. Um, and then they can move on to their next destination for sure. And also, I, I wanted to add something that was really helpful for me with grief. Or, I mean, really any uncomfortable emotion was, like, knowing that when I'm going into it with the mindset of, like, I need to feel this and like I don't even even though I want to get rid of it like I can't go into move into experiencing it with a mindset of like oh well if I experience it then it's gonna go away like it has to be for me it has to be complete surrender like I have to look at my emotions of like I am letting grief walk in the door or I am letting particularly anxiety I I did a lot of work with anxiety with this I'm letting anxiety walk through the door and I need to be comfortable and look at it in terms of what if this anxiety will always be here? How do I get comfortable with it? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like what if the grief is never going to go away? What if the anxiety is never going to go away? I, I still have to feel it and let it go because if I let, it, if I let those emotions in, 
with the goal of getting rid of them, they stay longer. Absolutely. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not, like, fully accepted. They're not fully integrated or, or, like, heard. I totally get that. And I had to do that, too, is, like, it's okay. Like, when I was having a bad day or when I do have a bad day currently with my grief or with my sadness, it's, like, it's really helpful just to be, like, okay, today's a bad day and I'm going to be sad all day. And, you know, sometimes I'm not sad all day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it it's it's it passes in 30 minutes and I'm over it but just like allowing that to be and being like it's okay if you're here all day Mm. it's okay if you're here tomorrow like that acceptance actually I think helps the emotion like move through move through but it's not like it's okay if you're here all day but I really don't actually want you to be here all day it's like I just have to like accept it's a sad day accept I'm grieving that day and like everything else is everything else is like needs to kind of be put on the back burner at that point for me and it's okay Mm -hmm. and I I just allow myself to do that so yeah literally a hundred percent that was actually like that was the beginning beginning of my like self-help journey was the concept of meta emotions which is like how you feel about how you feel I remember when a teacher told that to me in an online course or like that was a concept that we worked with I was just like oh that makes all of the difference like how you feel about how you feel determines pretty much your quality of life yes yes (laughs) oh so good Jackie Uh, well I feel like this is gonna be such a powerful conversation for anyone currently experiencing grief or maybe in the past like just feeling seen in their grief or maybe even supporting somebody else and learning to understand it a little bit more um so yeah is there anything else you want to add and if not then where can my audience find you what are your current offerings give us the tea oh my gosh there's so much tea um I just want to add that I'm so thankful that you had me on this podcast and I'm so grateful to know you Kristen is such an amazing person you guys please work with her oh my gosh (laughs) keep following her I love her (laughs) I love you too (laughs) so you can find me on tiktok I'm hoodwinkler on tiktok and instagram and I coach people. I teach you how to manifest. I also offer tarot readings, um, ebooks. We got a lot on my website as well. It's hoodwinkler.com. So I look forward to hearing from you guys and reconnecting, making connections, and feel free to reach out with any questions. I love connecting with people and just seeing where you guys are at, teaching you what I can. So yeah. Yay! Well, I know my audience is gonna freaking love you guys. Her TikTok videos are so unique and <laughs> like you're it's basically a course every TikTok video. Like oh, you literally teach you. so much in your TikToks. So go definitely check that out. Um I think you repost them on Instagram too. Yeah, so I do. So thank you so much, Jackie. I love you. Can't wait to have more conversations and yeah, I'll link her stuff below, guys. See you soon. See ya.